In this episode of Iron Size Podcast, I sat down with Don Edwards. Don came up for me early in uh, my journey through the firearms training space. Don struck me as a guy that was able to surround himself with a, a diverse group of both professional and specialized instructors. And I thought that was interesting compared to what I was looking at in the rest of the space uh, across the board a couple of years back. I had the opportunity to meet up with and actually train with Don this last summer. We were supposed to do a podcast then. Some events unfolded and we were not able to connect. So we are here at SHOT Show 2024. If it sounds like during the interview that I've got uh, gravel in my voice, it is because I do. It's been a long couple of days, a lot of conversations in a lot of loud environments, and uh, I'm a little tired. But that said, this is not going to be probably the typical Don Edwards episode. I did not want to get into the night vision stuff that he is very well known for. I've listened to a lot of podcasts with Don on it, and they get into that stuff with him, and they dig down. And with regard to you know what he knows, who he knows, what he's doing with it. I wanted to know more about Don and kind of what makes him tick and uh, where he's come from and where he is now and where he's going. So that's what this episode is. I hope you guys enjoy listening as much as I enjoy connecting with Don. Here we go. Just need to take a couple minutes to thank the sponsors for today's show. You know, the older kids taught me a lesson early in life, and that was snitches get stitches. We kids wanted things we said and did in the absence of outside eavesdropping eyes and ears to remain private and secure within our little neighborhood tribe. After all, this information was private, and we were sworn to keep it secure so it didn't get exploited in the wrong hands. Nowadays, my private information has expanded beyond that little group of bike-riding marauders and now sits available on all my electronic devices. And that makes me feel pretty uneasy especially after having my phone and personal accounts hacked and taken advantage of. The reality for you and me is our laptops are never really off. Our phones hold our entire lives, including family and work, and everything from credit cards to passports contain RFID. All of this effectively makes those little items little snitches. And this makes us all vulnerable to having our digital lives stolen. It's time to put a stop to that. And this is where Silent comes in. That's S-L-N-T. Silent offers a range of sleek RFID-blocking wallets, EDC Faraday bags, travel gear, laptop sleeves, and key fob cases with the added protection of their patented Silent Pocket Faraday cage technology. This elite signal-blocking technology is the easiest way to instantly enhance your peace of mind around how your mobile devices are screwing your digital life up. My personal favorites are the Silent Faraday phone and laptop sleeve. They give me peace of mind by allowing me to completely disconnect from anything incoming and or outgoing, including things that can negatively impact my financial, physical, psychological, and emotional health. So if you're looking for a solution to reclaiming your personal privacy, security, and health, go check out silent.com. That's S-L-N-T.com. You can follow them at GoSilent on Instagram and Twitter, and then use the code IRONSITES at checkout for an exclusive discount. If you've been listening to the show, you've heard me talk about BioPro Plus. It's a non-synthetic alternative to prescription HGH hormone treatments. I get to basically experience the benefits of my own natural HGH, and I don't have to worry about any needles, any doctor appointments, or any weird side effects. The best part about this was is it started working super fast for me. I'm talking days, not weeks, and it's 100% safe. So the process to get BioPro Plus was super easy. I just ordered a 30-day supply of a nighttime and a daytime formula or morning formula. I hold this stuff under 
my tongue for about 90 seconds before I swallow it. Right away, I noticed changes. One of the biggest things that came up for me was my recovery time improved. A couple other things I wasn't mad about. My libido went through the roof and my sleep was markedly better. Another downstream benefit of all the things that I mentioned, my body fat continues to drop and I haven't really changed that much about my lifestyle, my workouts, or my nutrition program. It's been pretty shocking. Listen, if you're interested in getting started on BioPro Plus, it's super easy. You can go get your 30-day supply by going to bioproteintech.com or you can simply follow them at bioproteintech and follow the links there. When you get there, use code IRONSIGHTS for $30 off your order. Welcome to Iron Sights After Dark. During my 25 plus years in the fitness industry, I've always been passionate about expanding my physical, mental, and hard skills to be prepared for whatever life might throw at me. From fitness to firearms and beyond, taking a holistic approach to being prepared has led me on a journey to seek and share both knowledge and skills from expert resources in the civilian, LEO, military, and first responder communities. The mission of this podcast is to help others expand their capabilities and knowledge of preparedness while building strength in the community that shares similar goals and values. So ultimately, we contribute together and grow together. Welcome to the Iron Slice Podcast. Yeah, thanks, man. I got Don Edwards here today, which for me is a, is a huge treat. Thanks for joining well, me, man. Appreciate it, man. It's a treat to be here. I know we've been talking about doing this for a while, and the first time we were supposed to do it, kind of, um, you know, a buddy of ours got in a wreck and yep. kind of messed up the whole whole plan, but here we are. Too, too long. I had that buddy in here yesterday. He actually yeah. told the story. Uh, he told the whole version of the story because I actually hadn't talked to him much since he then. He probably told his version yeah. of the story. Yeah. I, I filled him in on a few blanks since yeah, he yeah. happened to be there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he described you guys, you and Sam, as being the, the QRF for that thing. So Yeah, yeah. I, we were we were in the emergency room with him. Yeah. Some of that he probably doesn't remember. He... <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine how he could. So Yeah. Um, but anyway, man, I, listen, uh, we're at SHOT Show 2024. Right. Uh, for those people watching and listening, we're in the Venetian Hotel. we got a little room here, and we're set up, so if it looks different, that's why. Um, right, away, I think it was probably six months ago, maybe a little less, maybe four months ago, we're like, Don, you going to SHOT Show? Scott, you going to SHOT Show? Let's make this yeah. thing happen this time. Yeah. And so here we are. Um, and I, let me just kick this off by saying, you know, when I first kind of entered into this space and the way that I entered into it, uh, I was just trying to kind of gobble up all the things that were out there. And, and I was looking for instruction and I was looking for like, I was, I was looking for intelligent conversations on topics and subject matter that at the time resonated with me and, and that right. I felt were super important. <clears throat> and I heard a lot of on the side conversations that sometimes I was confused by, I was turned off by um, and whatever. And along the way, you know, you start getting introduced to all this stuff. It's equipment, it's gear, there's guns, there's handguns, there's rifles, there's optics, there's night vision, there's belts, there's plate holders, there's all these things. <laughs> yeah. And so when there's I, a rabbit hole, oh, you could go way down deep and into it. And it just keeps going. I mean, there's not, it's so hard, you know, as you, as you start to get into it to kind of, you know, as a new consumer coming in, like, where do I, where do I start with all this? But I think what I started to do, this is how my head works, I kind of categorize people like, Here's the dude that I resonates with me on this subject matter of these topics, or here's the guys that keep coming up in other people's conversations. Right. right. And you were one of those guys. Mm -hmm. And the, the, and you were on the East coast. 
Uh, and so as I was trying to go out and get training and whatever, um, I didn't understand that guys like you travel all over the country, yeah. train all different types of people at all different levels and in all different ways. And by the time I kind of discovered that shit, you were booked out, you know, like, so I couldn't really jump busy. into anything. Yeah. And I do get out to the, you know, West coast. I'm a California boy. Yeah. Um, and you know, so in my heart, I want to get behind enemy lines, as I say, as much as possible. Yeah. Um, well, it's, and, uh, I mean, and whatnot, but it doesn't happen as much as I would like. So, um, you know, the opportunities for, for, you know, me to train with dudes out, you know, out West is not as much for some reason. It's just kind of, not that I'm a regional guy, but just works you know, out that way. Yeah. It works out that way. And, you know, we're getting some stuff going on like here in the Vegas area. And one of our, one of my buddies from SoCal, basically we set it up here cause it's, it's sometimes easier for them just to drive over than it is to find a range to train at and, and stuff. Plus we wanted, he wanted to do a shoot house class and we have a good place here in, in Vegas to do that. So pro gun club. Right. Um, so they're his crew. They're all coming over from San Diego and, and orange County and all that. To, good, good times. Oh yeah. It's, it's great. I love it. Um, like I said, I'm not scared to go to California. <laughs> yeah. Teach. Let's talk about that actually. Yeah. So let's kind of catch up on your background a little bit. Okay. Just like, I was shocked, like in, in the conversations we had or whatever, it didn't come up till later that, I mean, you're a Central Valley guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm from Central California, Visalia, you know, right. Pretty much in the middle of, of the state, as far as I'm concerned, you know. It is. That's but, the middle uh, of the state. Gateway yeah. to this, to the Sierras. Sierras, yeah. You know, um, that's our claim to fame. Right we outside of lots of food. Kings Canyon National Park, which yep. plays second fiddle and it shouldn't. It's way underrated. Oh. To Yosemite, which it borders. Yeah. Uh, and I used to spend a lot of summers up there in Yosemite. One of my high school buddies used to, um, like, get a job every year up there and, uh, and he would like live in his mom and dad's, yeah. um, you know, like RV trailer. Yeah. And you know how like his job was to go around and dump the trash in the, at the campgrounds the and all that stuff like sounds that. Sounds amazing. Yeah. And he lived up there for free. And I think he, he'd have a look like, another job, like working at one of the um, food stands at Yosemite. Yeah. It's a village there or whatever. And that was a summer job. If I yeah. knew then what I know now, like yeah. I would have tried to do exactly <laughs> the know, same right? thing, man. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like the life. Yeah. It's a beautiful part of the country. I actually have a lot of family in that, in that part of the woods and agriculture mm -hmm. out there. So, yeah. Okay, so you grow up out so there. So I grew up there, joined the Army, you know, okay. um, ended up, you know, um, out in the Southeast. So I spent a good portion of my military career and, and, you know, my life and all that. I don't know if that's how I, not really how I ended up there, but it's an easy location for me to be because I live in Florida now. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, Fort Benning, I was an Army Ranger, you know, 3rd Ranger Battalion for first four years, um, ended up getting out for a little bit. And then coming back in through the National Guard system, the Reserve Guard okay. Special Forces, Eleventh um, Group, then ended up in Twentieth Special Forces Group again out of Florida, based out of Florida, and that's kind of how I ended up semi permanently in Florida. Let's talk about know. let's talk about that journey for a second. So you 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 go in the Army, you you did you get out as a Ranger and then go back? Yeah, in? so I did one enlistment and got out. Got it. And then trying to figure out what I was going to do. Post, you know, post army. When was this in so time? That was from 88 to 91. Gotcha. So November 91 is when I got out, you know, right before um, those guys went to Mogadishu yep. and all that stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, interesting fact, a lot of those guys, if you know that story, um, mo the majority of the dudes that are depicted in that movie are good friends of mine or old mm -hmm. friends of mine. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, so that's the era, gotcha. the ranger that I was. Um, 
So yeah, that time frame, uh, Operation Just Cause, I was a participant in, gotcha. in that down in Panama during that time frame. Jumped yeah, in there. I remember that well. Yeah, you know, I remember yeah. that well. You're not that much older than me. Yeah, <laughs> but I am older. Yeah. <laughs> maybe a little I am bit. the oldest guy in the room. Maybe right now. a little bit. Maybe a little bit. But uh, okay, so then you get back in, and you enter. You enter back in through the guard, and yep. it, you, you mentioned something about soft there. Yeah. So. Um, I ended up in 20th Special Forces Group. Uh, you know, the, the weird the weird route that I ended up was I was joining the reserves, and there used to be reserve special forces, mm-hmm. and uh, they were called 11th Group and 12th Group. And uh, I was in 12th Group and just about ready to start going off to the selection and all that stuff, and they got disbanded. They, they did away with all the reserve special forces, and I ended up transferring to... 19th special forces group which was the guard so most of those guys ended up getting absorbed into the the national guard groups um through 19th group ended up going to special forces selection and the q course we call Mm -hmm. it and Mm -hmm. and all that during that time frame ended up getting a divorce so Mm -hmm. that was kind of a drift again it's kind of a common tale and my buddies um that i was going through the course with were Florida guys from 20th group. And they're like, Hey, move to Florida. Come down. You know, we'll get us. an apartment in Gainesville. It'll be great. Sounds like a you know? great idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that's what I did. And, uh, you know, and then pretty much I've lived permanently in the Southeast region, um, Florida, Georgia since I don't think I've, you know, yeah. So as far as residency goes, you know, but as, as you mentioned, I, I travel to teach. Yep. So I tell people like I, I got a mortgage and my family lives in Florida. My truck's registered in Florida, but I live at the Hampton Inn. I was just going to say, <laughs> we're out of the front yeah. seat of your pickup truck. Yeah, that, yeah. you know, but yeah, um, Hampton Inn, I've got tons of Hilton <laughs> Honors points. Yeah. You know, they're great for family vacations. I get a million points a year. So it's like free, you know. So just let's talk about this transition piece out of um, out of the military. So again, you just kind of t- you kind of talk through that. And mm-hmm. you, I mean, you, you're, you're talking about a a thing that is steeped in tradition and history. Uh, there's a lot of lineages there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when you get out, especially at the time you were in, I think it's a little, a little different. I don't know. I can't speak to this, but it seems like there are like eras, you know, yeah. that, 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 that I, you can kind of speak to. You mentioned, you know, a couple of those things and you know, people, people know what those, what those things are. They understand, yeah. but let's talk about like that. It wasn't the, it wasn't, you know, deep Afghanistan for 20 years or, you know, 10, 10 years there or whatever else. So I think that gets lost because a lot of people that tell their stories these days are, are younger guys that are just kind of freshly out and they're starting their new businesses or yeah. their new ventures and people are wanting to talk to them. And so they hear a lot of that stuff and they're seeing how they're transitioning now. What mm-hmm. was available to you coming out of the military then versus what might be different for guys now? Um, yeah, compared to now, they're really, you know, the army, and I can only speak to the army, didn't seem to have the types of programs they have now for guys to, to help mm-hmm. them transition. And of course the, the GWAT hadn't happened yet. Right. So the, the, the massive appreciation, uh, not saying that, you know, we didn't have it bad, like the Vietnam era guys did at, at all, but you were just a dude who was in the army before there was no, you know, you weren't a special because you'd been in the there army. There was not so, an association with right. really any, any, right. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was cool that you did this, but nobody, nobody knew anything. And this was like pre pre internet type stuff too. Yeah. So, so the, the, the fanboyism and stuff like that of, you know, the operator what I'm talking about. Thing wasn't, yeah. wasn't a thing. So it just like, you know, nobody knew anything about you other than what you told them face to face pretty mm-hmm. much. And, uh, and whatnot. So, but as far as like programs for like 
job stuff. You went through it, but it was just like a briefing from like a dude from, you know, what was JB Hunt Trucking Company and <laughs> Snyder Nat. We really, they were trying to see if you would wow. come, you know, do their thing and, you know, how to write a resume from a dude who's had a government job his whole life, you know, kind of thing um, and, and whatnot. So it was, I, I guess, looking back, I appreciate the attempt and I think they're just better at it now. Good. Um, and, and whatnot. So, you know, for me, I was, you know, my family business back in the, back in the day um, was back in California and uh, in Visalia and it was in the nursery business. Okay. So my, my, belief was I'm going to go home and join back into the family business and, and, and really just, you know, the, uh, life situation at home, yep. you know, y- you hear like, you know, never go back home. I should have heeded some of that advice, mm-hmm. but I had to go back home to learn that it was true, mm-hmm. um, kind of thing. Um, cause it, it just hadn't changed, you know, um, it wasn't what, what you'd remember. It, and, it wasn't what I had hoped to be as right. an adult. The, the, you know, the, I mean, you changed. I, well, I had grown up, but I still had memories of abusiveness type stuff. Gotcha. And I was like, and, and, oh, and by the way, now I'm a trained killer. Yeah. So it's like, not a good place. To if be. I remember how you treated me when I was a teenager and I know what I could, what I would do to you if, if, you know, we were in another country right and now, you know, it's like, okay, I need to get out. We shouldn't be in I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, kind of thing. So, um, so that didn't go quite as, as well as I'd hoped. So fresh start, um, you know, moved over to Arizona, actually lived in the Phoenix area for a little while. And that's when I, I was going to school Okay, and, uh, with the idea that, Hey, I'm going to maybe go back in the army, get a commission and, and do this. And then I started to realize, you know, I don't know if being an officer is what I want to do kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I liked the hands-on, yep, you know, the doing stuff. the job. I've been a ranger for four years doing the and job. I yeah. really liked that. And then I got connected with the SF side of the house. Guys, I'm like, yeah. you know what? And then I was like, oh, maybe I want to be an SF officer. I was like, no, that's kind of gay yeah, too. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I like, I like being the guy. Uh, yeah. We want to be doing the job. Yeah. I like being the guy putting the, the charge on the door and going through it. I appreciate that. You yeah. know, um, not the guy making the plan and watching everybody do it kind right. of thing. You know, nothing against you officers out there, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I kind of scrapped that idea. Plus I don't like college. You know, I'm not really, for me not really good at that. It wasn't for me either. So, uh, um, it was, you know, I, I think I was a better NCO than I would have been an officer, uh, anyways. Um, so ended up doing that. And like I said, ended up in the Southeast in, in Florida and I actually retired from 20th special forces group. And I spent a fair amount of time on and off of full-time active duty working with, um, some of their counter drug programs and okay. stuff like that. And then that evolved into a training thing. And that's kind of how I got into started loving the training stuff was just, I was managing a training program that we did for law enforcement out of Florida. And it was mostly staffed by 20th group guys and things of that nature. So it's like, I really, I, I like sharing the knowledge and okay. stuff like that. Okay. That gets us, that yeah. fills in a lot of gaps for me, yeah. man, that I didn't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you start training and then when do you realize this could be like a business thing? Are there, um, are there steps in this process? Or do you just like, like I'm start my own training company? No, oh, it was a, definitely an evolution. Let's talk about it. So during that time frame, um, in being a, a member of 20th group, um, there was a guy there who was a, a federal agent mm-hmm. and, uh, he kind of latched onto me and another buddy of mine and his, his thing for, for his agency was he was a defensive, t- the, the head of their defensive tactics program. Okay. And he was like, Hey, you guys come to this training thing that I'm doing. Right. And before you know it, the two of us are like instructors in these programs. And then while I'm the training manager at the Florida counter drug training Academy, 
I get a call from him. He's like, Hey, they're going to hire an assistant for me and you're going to apply for it. <laughs> you okay. know? All and right. so I get hired and I um, end up there. So it was like, as a, as a student, I became like in, in the, the instructor, the teaching, the learning, all that stuff. Um, I just evolved into it. I didn't set out to, to right. be where we that are just now. just landed in your lap, yeah, but you I liked had to, it. You had to figure it out. Yeah, but I liked it. So it was kind of like I evolved into that position of like, you know, I really like this. This is interesting to me. I like yeah. showing people what I'd learned. And, and I had through those things, I had the opportunity to kind of be mentored by some of the pioneers of, you know, it was law enforcement training, but understanding, you know, how people learn, but also how the body responds under mm-hmm. stress, sympathetic nervous system, um, and stuff like that. Some next level so, stuff. So, especially then, um, you know, we understand, you know, the, the things that the body does naturally under stress. Why don't, why wouldn't we create self-defense programs based around those? Okay. You know, it's not that you're not going to be able to focus on your front sight because of perceptual narrowing, but what if, mm-hmm. why not have a technique that works mm-hmm. if that happens to you, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it's kind of novel at yeah. the time, right? It, like, and, it, and it still is. And people still want to argue that you can train through that, but not everybody has the resources and the ability or the stamina that's to a, train through that's that. That's a solid you know? So it's like, I, you know, I can't make every street cop a tier one operator. Nope. Nor is there time or energy or finances Finance. yep. to do that. Mm-hmm. So and you only have so much time to, to get, and I'm using them as an example, but it could very well just be, you and your wife come into a weekend self-defense shooting course. That's it. That's all I got with you. That's, and that's Until all we maybe get. next year when right. I'm back in town and you come see me again. Right. So I'm not going to make you a door kicker in, in that amount of time. But if I can, you know, if I can give you um, techniques and skills that are easy for you to master because there's something that your body does naturally anyways, they're not, you know, okay. trick shooting and right. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you decide you love it and you want to get into performance-based type shooting and stuff like that, which, you know, I know you've, you know, talked to other guys that do yeah. that, play you can that, do yeah. that. But, you know, in a, the defensive shooting, which I think most like cops fall into the basic defensive shooter category, mm-hmm. you know, that's what they need to survive and win. And, yep. you know, um, and so I, I loved studying that stuff and, and learning about that stuff and it just kind of evolved. And then, um, after my second deployment as, as an SF guy in Iraq, I was a team sergeant. I came back and I went back to my job at the academy and I was like, this is pretty freaking boring compared you know, to this, what you were doing. Compared to, you know, yeah. I mean, I was a team sergeant in combat, right. a special forces team sergeant in, in, in Iraq. It was like, That's it doesn't shift. get much, it doesn't get much better than that. Right? Hard shift, you know? yeah. So I was like, man. And then, so I had friends who were doing contract work and stuff like that for like Blackwater and things like that. So I just started putting feelers out being like, Hey, tell me about this. You know, what, what do you think? And then before you know it, um, I had a, a friend of a friend reach out to me for, uh, to apply for a, an organization called the asymmetric warfare group. Okay. And, uh, you know, I don't Is this know. a private ent- entity. It, well, it was a DOD unit, um, that was comprised. It was, it, it was born out of the counter IED program okay when ieds were like a kind of a new problem come up yeah and then when they took they wanted more problem solvers on the ground so the way ace ace the awg we called it was uh set up was half of the guys and gals in it were green suitors as we call them they were military and the other half were contractors who were former military smes and usually they'd be working side by side so if you had an intel guy working here you'd have a retired intel guy working right next to him 
who maybe came from the special operations community okay, or something like that. So most, so not everybody in there was a, a former soft guy, you know, but if you were a boots on the ground deploying guy and you were a civilian, the, you, most of us were either SF or former Delta guys. Okay. Um, you know, we had a f- couple NSW dudes here and there and, okay. and, you know, force recon guys. And I did that for a while um, because of budget issues and stuff like that. I moved over to a similar program, same company that I worked for Okay, um, doing that. Um, but, you know, so I got to be embedded with army units, boots on the ground, going out on operations missions as a civilian. I was kitted out and armed almost exactly the way I was when I was an SF guy. Wow. You know, going out on combat operations as an, as an advisor um, for, for those guys. So I did that for several years. Okay. And most of the time it was like four months in country, four months out. Okay. And while you were. So there's like, there's deployments with with this too. That's how we did it. So the idea was I would spend so much time embedding with these units in a region that I was kind of like going back to all the time. So I was in, in Afghanistan, they called it RC South, which is the Kandahar region down, down there. Um, so I was going in and out of there every four months four months at a time. So I was kind of a subject matter expert on what was happening there. So I'd be embedded with these units and then I would go back and spend time with the units that are getting ready to come into there, actually replacing the people that I was just with mm-hmm. and helping them with what's going on that they need to prepare for training wise and it. stuff like that. So it, as, a, as a dude who had already realized that I love teaching people what I learned, this was, it was awesome. You were it was, learning it was very fast. Dude, I had so much yeah. job satisfaction out of it because I'm sure because I knew, I mean, I knew the problems that they were going to face and I could go to them in their training cycle and actually help them turn their ship and be like, this is the azimuth you need to be on. And because you can't, you can't do that once they're already in country, you know, then I could meet them and be like, Hey, how's it going? Right. You know, what can I do for you there? Because then I had reach back support to a lot of programs and like material uh, solutions, as we call them, that they might need and stuff like that. So that was just one of the aspects. And the other one was just like if we had enemy TTPs, you know, tactics, techniques and procedures that they were starting to do new, I would go there to that unit and be like, okay, what's going on? Learn it. If I had a problem, if I had a solution for it, I would share it with them. Or if they came up with a solution, I would, you know, we would write a white paper on that and spread it out to everybody else so that when that TTP migrated over here, these guys were already ready for it. Yeah. So this you is, know, so I loved that. It was just like, that was like the ultimate, like if you like teaching people and training people and especially in the combat arts, I was like, that was, I, so, I loved it. So you're the, not the first guy I've talked to that was there or working in an, in an opportunity when things were evolving as fast as they were evolving Yeah, to be, be able to get the feedback, not just be mm-hmm. the guy on the ground, but the guy on the ground that's getting fee- a lot of feedback from other guys on the mm-hmm. ground to develop programs or evolve programs yeah. to meet the needs of what the actual need was. Mm-hmm. Not, we're going to prep you, then you go, then I don't see you for another year or two. You come back and you go like, okay, you taught me this stuff, but what we really saw yeah. was this over here. And yeah. then it comes back, then you then you you tell the guy, like, well, this is what, and then you evolve the program, which takes time. Yeah. To then teach the guys. Yeah. You're behind all now, the time. Our jobs at both AWG and it was called the JET, the Joint Expeditionary Team, was basically to help stay ahead of the enemy threats evolution. Yeah. Um, to Pretty get out in paced. front of it. Oh, it was great. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, but we had the support uh, and, and there, the intelligence networks behind all this stuff. And there was, there was stuff going on. There were resources like that available that 
the regular everyday units didn't know about, you know, stuff that only traditionally special operations units would be taken advantage of. And these things were being made available to conventional army units. Mm -hmm. But if they didn't know about them or how to, how to access them, you know, so sometimes I would just be like, Hey, look here. I sometimes I just do it by email. Like, Hey, look, here's the dude I was telling you about. He needs help with this and this. Okay, cool. Let me, you know, shoot you all the info packets, all the Intel packets that you need for your AO. And it's like, boom. And they're like, holy crap. I wish I knew this last week. Right. You know? So you're also kind of a hero at the same time. Try to be. This dude is the guy you want to know. And that's the thing. We were always, you know, we're civilians. They have no obligation to, I mean, um, on the jet thing, it was the the second right. side of it. We were all civilians, and yeah. they were under no obligation to allow us access into them. So, you know, yeah, you kind of want to be there. You know, like holy crap, that was great. You come back anytime you want. Right. You know, other than you know, that's why also when we were stateside going through their training cycle, we're we're trying to build rapport with them so that so that I could walk into the commander's office in Afghanistan. Right. And you know, with notice, I wouldn't right. just barge in, but right. like, hey, I'm going to be coming to your fob. I'm going to check in with you. Yeah. Come on, brother. You yeah. Know, that's, that's the answer that I want. Not like, Oh, I'm kind of busy because yeah, I don't really guy? know if I like you that much, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So um, you build tons of relationships and you obviously the learning curve is very fast. Yeah. You're constantly at the front end of all the new things that are going on. You're hearing mm-hmm. about stuff that other people, are, other people may be really focused in one thing and, and yeah. you were able to kind of get out there. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned like coming back and making that hard transition like how long does this go on for before it's like you it's you're timed out or whatever? Well, you know, during that whole time, you know, I, I don't know, I was still in the guard, mm-hmm. and uh, in the middle of there, sometime I, I actually retired. Okay. Um, so I was still a team sergeant, filling both roles and all that, but. I was also a civilian. So one of the differences was I was a National Guard SF guy, mm-hmm. not a real Green Beret. Yeah, no, I've, I've heard the story <laughs> yeah. before. Actually, um, I actually so I was already, uh, you know, a civilian by in by most accounts. It wasn't like, you know, I'd already had a regular job, you know, and all mm-hmm. that stuff and, and whatnot, even though it was a government job. And while I was home, I was doing training. So Green Line was doing some classes here and there while I was home. Okay, so you this know? so somewhere in there, Green Line comes together. Yes. When? I mean, Greenline, so Greenline was created initially to be my LLC as a military contractor. Okay. This you know, makes so sense. So that's, so then so when I you came can home, be hired. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I could save money on taxes. Gotcha. Yeah. You know? No, I gotcha. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so that's where know, it starts. So that's, that's so, kind of where Greenline, the name Greenline began and stuff. Um, or the, the company did and okay. I'd be home for a while, you know, on those four months and I'd teach a combat carbine class or something like that. I had a, a history already in the night vision world okay. with another company that I was partners with, with a couple of buddies that had used to work at ITT when they were the main night vision people. And then they left there and we did. So we would had been dude, probably close to 15 years ago. I started well towards the beginning of the GWAT ish had been involved in, and writing curriculum for like tactical night vision type of training and stuff. So, um, um, so this comes down to like understanding the technology, the evolution of that technology, mm-hmm. also application, all the different things. And it's right. been, I mean, that's been a fast moving thing. That's for, been growing big time too. Yeah. So, so that's how like green line kind of began. It was always, I mean, it was green line was that, but the training was something I, I like to do. And I think maybe I had in the back of my mind that that might be where I wanted to end up was okay. where I, where we're, what we were today. Yep. Um, but it, it was definitely an evolution. It wasn't like I set out, like I'm going to go 
print targets with my face on it, make a bunch of stickers and patches and yeah. YouTube videos <laughs> and call myself a firearms instructor. No, it, it, this was a, a progression over, not just as a, as a shooter and a, and a user and a soldier. Um, I hate the word operator, you know, but, mm-hmm. um, cause I was just, a, you know, like I said, I was a national guard, green beret. Right. Not, not, well, well played. Barely qualifies. Well, well played. <laughs> I, I, I hear you, but I remember what you just said there just in terms of the difference in terms of the evolution for you versus, you know, seemingly what it's looked like for maybe others that came after you that, that existence or the, well, and it's not a new, you know I mean? And I don't mean to disparage that. It's just like, but I've I've said it a million times, man. I I mean, I mean, start an Instagram account, take a few shooting videos, put a firearms instructor under, you know, in your bio and you're good. Hey, I mean, if you, if you're good at teaching people, that's fine. (laughs) You know, and if whatever, I I don't care, but you know, it's like, that's, that's one of the things that I do like to point out to, either people that I would do consulting for, because that's one of the things that we do is consulting with industry companies and even even law enforcement agencies or entities and stuff like that is um, me and the guys now that I have as instructors, we've been doing this for a long time. So that's why you should value our opinion. You know, we may not know everything, but, you know, I've been carrying around an M16 type rifle in my hand since I was, you know, 19 years old, There's some 20, 20 years old. I turned 20 years old in basic and I just turned 56 last yeah. week. So and you haven't these, stopped and I'm still, yeah, yeah. Thankfully I get to wake up every day and do what I love to do still. Um, but yeah, so I, I feel like at some point my opinion on these guns may has some sort of value. Yeah. It, um, the way I put it and how we shoot people with them and fight with them and all that stuff. I, so my, my yeah. take on that is, is this, cause I, I feel the same way. I mean, I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in the fitness space and, mm-hmm. and I, I say this all the time, you know, like my, the gray hair on my face doesn't sell very well to young, right. In, in this space, particularly with how, mo- how fast it moves. Yeah. And I don't care. Um, it's the, the it's gun the, culture is very similar. Uh, right? It's yeah. the, that's what I saw coming in yeah. when I came into it. I was like, dude, this looks exactly the way fitness did only it's about 10 years behind, like mm-hmm. on the social side of things. Yeah. Anyways, the point of this is, is just, there's two, two things I would say that kind of like comments or like taglines. One is like, it's the old state farm commercial. And I said all the time, like, yeah. Yeah, like we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Yeah. Uh, but right. the, oh, the, okay. Boomer. Yeah. That's it. So <laughs> whatever. Like, okay. Whatever. <laughs> uh, the, the, that commercial is, uh, is effective. Like in the bottom line is, is like, if, 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 if I get into trouble, I want to talk to somebody who may understand where I'm coming from, not thinks they understand. So mm-hmm. that's one. The other thing is, is this, I think this is less, uh, this is like kind of taking the emotional piece out, going back to the, like the, okay, boomer. And that is, <laughs> okay, let's maybe look at it in a different direction on the off chance that I might know what the fuck I'm talking about. Or just, on pure just chance, saying, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, just saying. saying, like maybe just just hear me out for a minute, right? Yeah. And then you might, you know, maybe I might change nothing. I'm not trying to change your yeah. mind about anything, yeah. but maybe just hear me out. And I think that's that's a that's that's something that's, that 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 gets quickly lost. However, I do think as people go through their process, they start if they make it far enough through, they start to realize like, yeah, I should probably listen because these guys are saying the same things these guys are saying. They're just saying, saying them in a little different way. Mm-hmm. This one's being said with like flash and almost like an overconfidence maybe, or a, mm-hmm. you know, like with a weird intention. Well, the other guy's just gone, this is who I am. I don't know any better, right? Because yeah. this is what I've been doing my entire life. Yeah. Like take it or leave it, yeah. right? Kind of thing. Yeah, well, like in your, you know, in, in your industry, in the, in the fitness and, you know, you, you've, you've seen a lot. You've also studied it a lot. You've yep. studied it for a long time. You know, I've been a student of the gun, <laughs> For decades, mm-hmm. you know, I've been trying to figure out better ways to do this 
And I'm, I know I'm not the smartest guy. I have friends who are, are way better at this, mm-hmm. you know, but they may, they just, they're trying to figure it out for themselves. You know, like an example, I'm not really a gear guy or, you know, gear queer kind of guy. I appreciate great ideas. I don't come up with great ideas, but when buddies of mine, like, Hey, yeah, um, I'm doing this to modify my gear. I'm like, man, I didn't even realize right. I needed that, but you know what? I'm going to do that too, because that, that's a great idea. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, so I'll adopt it. And that's one of the things I think I'm, I am good at is evaluating whether something's a decent idea or not. Um, and a lot of ideas out there, don't A lot of them. And <laughs> even when it comes to shooting, it's like, I, I, I tell people in my classes all the time, it's like, I am, I am not a competitive shooter, but I have nothing against it. If I had time, I would be, but I spend all my weekends almost on the range teaching. I don't have time to go to competitions. It's fun as hell. And I used to, I was into it, you know, a long time ago, I'm doing, you know, USPSA stuff. Mm -hmm. And I love going to, going to things like that, but because I don't have time, I'm not going to pretend I'm a subject matter expert in that. Mm -hmm. Um, Fair enough. My, my lane, if you will. And my, my experience is fighting other people, mostly with guns. You know, I mean, it's pretty simple. I I can teach you how to use a knife and a stick and, and, you know, your hands too, but you know, we gun, gun fight type stuff is what I've spent my life trying to master, Mm -hmm. you know, because it was my job, Mm -hmm. not because it was a hobby or anything like that. So I think I put a lot of thought into it. I've listened to, you know, my peers and stuff like that. We've, we've learned certain things and, and we've pressure tested them in a real life environment too. Mm -hmm. So you know, I may have a little bit of what we call survivorship bias. It's like I've done certain things and they've, you know, they've worked. Okay. But I also try to realize that I don't want to make sure I don't have that. And, you know, like the the, the TTPs, the, the, the way we teach, you know, room clearing and stuff like that. It's still being used by the guys at the highest level. Why? Because we haven't figured out a way that works better yet. Fundamentals. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, some of those things. And I'm not so in love with the things that I teach that if something better comes up, right there, you know, I'm, I'm exactly. I don't care. What I care about is the result. Mm-hmm. I care about is this a better way to to win the fight, to survive the fight? And there's there are quite a few things that I used to do that I'm not afraid to say I don't do that anymore. Either that was a bad idea, or it just didn't. It wasn't as good of an idea as it we thought it was. It was just an idea at the time. Right. We proved you know? that it wasn't a good one. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. And you know, if you're if you're not evolving uh, when it comes to this, and and evolving, and I think in a in a discerning way, then I, don't, I th- you know, it's it's time to either time to quit or it's time to start you know paying attention to what what you know. So I, I like the young guys that are that are enthusiastic Piss because because yeah. they come up with ideas. That I'm like, hey, I don't know if that's a hundred percent right, but I like what you're, I like where you're going with that, and right. I'm, you know, so I try not to get stuck in in the past. I do sometimes, and I've got some some instructors, you know, that work for me that that would kick me in the butt and be like, you know, quit being a fud, dude. There's know, not a person but out I need there that. that doesn't reach back. Yeah. It's 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 the experience piece. It's where it's how we developed. You know, there's that's what, when it goes into the wisdom that you have is the past. So it's natural that you reach back to go based on my experience. Yeah. How this applied, what it did or didn't do that I would reach back to. But I, what you said there is not being like married to or emotionally invested in any one thing because yeah. in understanding that it can change. That objectivity is super important because I think that's one of the bigger things that gets lost, particularly in the instructional space, but also just in all the other things. I mean, the gear space, right? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. you know, the, 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 the gun space, you know, if we're talking that there, I mean, and then there's all, there's the challenge of that being stuck in the past 
with the good idea fairy. Yeah. Where everything has to be innovated to the next level. I'm all about innovation. I want to keep up with it. I want to know. Yeah, like, 100%. Same things. But at the same time, it's like, do we need to do that right now? Like, does that make sense? Or do we just work yeah. on the... Is that is that a solution to a problem we even have? Thank you for saying that. It's like you just invented a, a solution to something that yeah. wasn't a problem. We see that, and we're here at Shot Show. Yeah, and you're gonna go. To the, you're gonna go downstairs on Earth yeah, and see that. that. Yeah. And you know, and maybe uh, get off on a tangent, but we're talking about products. Guys do that a lot. And what I what I see is guys use use that as a way to maybe sell their products. Like I don't know how many times I've seen a guy showing me a new sling. I'm like, don't you hate it when your your tail on your sling does this? And I was like. I have never encountered that problem that you say is so such common. A, such a big deal. You know, yeah. it's like, it's such a big deal. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's, I don't know what this solves. You know, it's like, do you, do you cool. have to act like there was a problem? Can't you just say, Hey, this is my take on, on this. Oh, you know? that's, that's but, an interesting perspective. But, but dude's just, you know, some guys, you know, they want to put down something that was before to make their own, product whether it's a, a an actual physical product or a training program look better and where i'm going with this is one of the things that i try to always keep in mind and tell people and and remind myself all the time is you know we stand on the shoulders of giants mm -hmm. you didn't start out knowing everything you Nothing. knew right some guys before us learned everything they could learn and passed that baton to us just because we know things they didn't know doesn't mean they're a bunch of fuds that didn't know shit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that guy moved the football down the field so that we could score a touchdown. You know, um, those are the guys that prepared me for combat. Mm -hmm. Do I know things they didn't know? Yeah. Sure. Do the, do the guys fighting now know things that I did that I didn't know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. But, you know, our job, I think, especially if we choose to be, you know, mentors and instructors, is, is to carry that baton as far as we can and pass it off. To those guys, you know, as, as leaders, we should always be trying to, you know, prepare our replacements, you know, and that was, you know, the way I was groomed in, in the military is like, you should always be training somebody to take your job. You know, you know, that's one of the things I got from you early on, Don, actually, was that, was that part of it? And that's, that was what I was searching for, understanding kind of where I was entering in the space kind of late in life. It's late. I mean, <laughs> it's never too late. I'm not 50 yet, but it's, yeah, it's never too late, but just kind of late to the game when I was seeing so many young young guys and again like a lot of those guys that were young were also just coming out of the military young leo guys mm -hmm. uh people that were still in the military they were trying to make a go at this and i was like man these guys are these guys like you they were fresh out of coming back from some of the hottest places on mm -hmm. the on the planet you know with regard to to people shooting at one another including them so um you know i, I was kind of trying to sift through all that and go like well who did these guys learn from right, right. and where did they get that information from? Because they had to have gotten it from somewhere. And yes, it's evolving. And everybody was kind of saying the same thing, although they were trying to say it differently, going back to the, like, what's the product of the week, you know, and why is mm -hmm. my training better than your training? You know, the other guy's training, whatever. And that whole, uh, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Like ju just that attitude of, I, the only way for me to make my product or me look important is to talk shit about somebody else's product or thing. Yeah. I was looking for people that weren't doing that, and you were one of if, those guys. If that's the case, then you don't have a good product. That's that's that was my point. I knew that already. Yeah, but nobody. Yeah, you was, knew that because you're a businessman. But nobody you know? was saying that, and I was like, "Well, hold on. Like, 
Again, going back yeah. to what I saw, the everybody this, in, this, in, none in of this that, is proprietary information, guys. Yeah, like I didn't make this stuff. Up. Now, the right. few things that I came up with some some ideas here and there, but you know, most of this stuff I didn't make it up. I I packaged it. I we word I worded things right. to where they make sense to me. This is your take, you know. Yeah, this yeah. is this is me. This is what I think is important, and this is why, yeah. and and this is how I. You know, some some of the stuff I do, and especially like the Red Dot Pistol class, I explained it because like, this is how I practice to get better at this, mm-hmm. you know, just so you understand. This is my my personal methodology. If I'm trying to get faster, this is what I do. You know, this is what I, you know, what I think is important and try to keep it in that context of, you know, I'm not, you know, might you get better at your competition game taking one of my classes? Sure, maybe. You'd probably be a better shooter anyways. But I'm not going to focus on that because it's not my it's not right. my lane. Go see go see Ben or right. Stoger right. or somebody like that that yep. you want to get better at that stuff. And I'm never going to you know claim right. to be in that space. Um, yeah, it's a, yeah, I think that's an important thing. You're making a really important distinction there, and how the lines bleed over, and yeah. how people start to make assumptions. Uh, and you, you, you've you strike me as a guy that like you know exactly who you are and what you're trying to do. And part of that is. What I found interesting, and again, going back to all the conversations I've had, kind of get just to where we're sitting here today, yeah, finally. is that certain names come up, right? From certain people in certain ways. And uh, that could be good. And when I mean good, I mean that can be, I would say, positive or favorable, complimentary, yeah. maybe is the way, way to yeah. say it. And that can be other things too. Yeah. Or it could be cautionary. That's exactly right. And it's only ever been complimentary with you, which I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday. Um, just about like what my gut was telling me and also kind of like what my heart was telling me and then checking, checking it with my head, you know, ultimately. That's a good way to go. Yeah. yeah. And then having these conversations. Yeah. And so I was like, it kind of hit me like, okay, well maybe my gut, and my, my heart aren't bullshit. Like maybe I should trust <laughs> that shit more and stop overthinking stuff yeah. in my head because it's, it's, it's worked out. And when I see who's still there, like in those circles and how tight those circles run. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like there's a gatekeeping boys club, you know, kind of do kind of dude thing. No, just the good people are looking out for the other good people because they're good people. Right? Well, and a lot of times, I mean, we gravitate towards each other. I mean, yeah, what, that's what I'm saying. What, what, what a lot of people, like if you're a, a shooting student or whatever, may not realize is that most all of us, especially those of us who've been doing it for a while, mm-hmm. are friends. You may see us talking shit to each other on the internet, like, oh, wow, you know, but, you know, we'll be having drinks tonight down at the circle bar, hanging out, you know? Uh, That's weird. Um, Like, I've never heard anybody do that before. (laughs) (laughs) Sam Houston sitting behind the camera. Yeah. (laughs) He's one of my favorites at it. Yeah. But but anyway, you know, he he used to be my pit bull, you know, like, Sam, I can't, I can't say anything. But this guy's really being annoying yeah. right now. So he's like, who? Yeah. Whose car are we taking? <laughs> he'd be like, yeah. yeah, he'd be like, that was in the ARFCOM days, you know, yeah. back when, you know. Yeah. So, um, and the, the point of that is, is like, you're right. You guys, people are friends and not to, to a fault, you know, no. where they're going to let their friend, well, number one, if their friend says something that's, that's out of line, right, or maybe a little off base or they're teaching something, they come up with some product, whatever, those friends call one another and go, hey, man, what, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> like, not, I hate you, you, yeah. see, you know, you idiot. Yeah, and the answer might be, bro, it's for the grams, yeah. you know. <laughs> okay, as long as we got that <laughs> right, clear, cool. right? As long as I think it's clear. But I, I have recognized that, too, that people will call one another out in a healthy, healthy way and that, you know, it's not always public, and so people don't always see that. Well, exactly. There's a lot of that. And it, it's funny because I was teaching a small class somewhere. I don't even remember where it was, but 
discussion came up about different dudes, different guys that, that I'm friends with and stuff like that. And the guy's like, you don't understand how wild that is. You know, it's like, you know, I don't see us as celebrities or whatever, but it's like, you guys are like celebrities to us. And the fact that you guys also are like friends and know each other and hang out it's weird, outside right? of things is like so crazy to us. And I was it's like, weird to hear. Really? I mean, yeah. you think it's crazy that I'm friends with Chris Costa? Right. You know, what am I supposed to hate? We're supposed to hate each other? Yeah. You know, I mean, at one time, maybe we were a little bit adversarial, but we were younger too. You know, now, I mean, we're older now too. It's like when I was young, I, you know, probably if the internet was there, I could have been one of the guys that was considered you know that right the butthole. that is the you know? thing like it's where you are in time and space yeah. with regard to like the communication platforms and whatever else and i see that that's the thing i'm talking about because it probably would have been the same then it's just not because or wasn't because it was yeah technology was different you know yeah. whatever else and this thing will continue to evolve i mean i was a damn airborne ranger yeah. I, I, right there means i'm better than most people <laughs> right and i you know, <laughs> you wake up in piss excellence, right? Exactly. Every day. Exactly. <laughs> Every single day. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, um, going back to the friends thing, uh, and just, and I think that more just from like a supportive community, like people talking mm-hmm. about community and like the larger sense. And I was always interested in understanding what the community was at the tighter sense, like the communities mm-hmm. within the communities. And I kind of look at everything like in a Venn diagram, you know, you got like, mm-hmm. what are, what is the thing in the middle? And then who are the people and then what are the other things that they touch around that? And going back to Greenline, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of kind of how you talking about the business piece, what I saw was that you were touching things, lots of different things where everybody else was trying to really specialize or be the dude that did one thing or he was the subject matter ex- ex- expert on this one thing. And I think this goes back to your experience and all the things that you've done. What I was watching was a couple of things. And this, stick with me here. One was, what this would be obvious to people, is like the types of classes that you were teaching. Yeah. Like there's pistol there, there's carbine there. This makes sense, right? I mean, it's a it's an instruction company or, you know, an mm-hmm. education company. That makes sense. But then I was seeing some other things that were coming up in there. Some of that stuff was the night vision stuff. Right. That was a big one. Um, but it was also the groups that you were teaching to. It was both civilian, law enforcement, uh, and... <clears throat> The, some of the the folks that were in, I would say, let's just say decision makers within those communities were talking about what was going on. But the, the thing that really struck me early on with you was the fact that you had other guys working with you that had kind of their own thing or were their own subject matters in their own space, not by kind of by default, just because that's kind of what they spent their time talking about or mm-hmm. whatever, but they're working with you teaching all these different things. And I already mentioned one of those guys like Sam, yeah. you know, being involved in that, but are also friends going mm-hmm. back with other guys yeah. right out there. And so it wasn't like what it was interesting was this dude's built a team of people, right. That aren't fighting with everybody, right. They have, they might have their differences. And again, going back, man, there's some shit talking and yeah. y- you decide, unfortunately the person on the other end might look at that very differently than the way you're looking at it. But whatever, right? It's not my problem. It's not your fucking problem. That's exactly right. But the point of this is, is I don't want to be, I'm trying to articulate this in, in what I saw was this, this team or this group of people that wasn't trying to alienate others. And by the same token, weren't alienating themselves. Right. That is a skill. And that is, that is something different than I think a lot of people can do. There's other people I see trying to do it right now. And there's a couple that I think are going to work this out, but they had to make a lot of fucking mistakes and they had to be 
there's a you either love these guys or you hate these guys kind of thing, and now they're trying to kind of bridge the gap. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that. Well, I, I mean, I think what you just described is more of a byproduct, okay? You know, or a result maybe. Um, I never, never really intended to have like instructors working for me and stuff like that. I mean, we mentioned Sam; he's right over there. You know, everybody, half you people probably know who he is. Probably more you know who he is than me. But, well, they will. They yeah. will uh, in a couple uh, yeah, of weeks because we're going to get him, up. We're gonna get get him, him on, on here too. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so he's he's been, you know, I don't know, my Robin, if you will, for a long time. Yeah. Right? Which and, is awesome. Uh, which has been great. Which is awesome. Um, you know, sometimes it's frustrating, but, you know, it's like we've been friends. We've been friends for a long time. That's how it goes. And, uh, but this is always kind of like. You know, he was the the assistant on the part time side, and I never really expected this to be much more than just a one man show. And then, just a, maybe about two years ago, you know, I started to realize, you know what? If this is going to grow, this is going to be anything bigger than that. If then, you know, and and actually a profitable business, which I'm, you know, be the first to tell you, I don't think I'm a great businessman, so I have to get people to help me on that side of the house. Most of the best well. coaches are not great business right. people. So I'm learning. Guys. Yeah, I'm learning about. Um, that, you know, I need to get people to help me on, on that side of the house. And I'm finally mm-hmm. doing that. Um, but I think I did approach Eric Vargas, who's like one of the top snipers in the, in the country world. Um, and he's a good friend of ours, uh, Ranger buddy. Um, I like, do you want to come you know, teach with us? Mm-hmm. You know, but I, in the past, I'd already had other dudes be like, Hey, I want to be one of your instructors. They're chasing you a little and I'd bit. be like, I don't have instructors. You know, I don't do that kind of thing. Like, well, I want to do this. And then I was like, okay, w- once I gave in, then it's like, Hey, I want to, I want to, you know, I want to be on the team too. And I would yeah. do something. So it was almost like the right guys were kind of attracted to funny how that works. Me. Up. And we'd already been friends, you know, that friendship had already been there. So it wasn't like, you know, it was a random cold call being like, I want to be one of your instructors. Like, I don't even know who no, you it's are. Organic though. Yeah. 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 So it just kind of, the team just kind of built itself. Um, guys would present themselves and be like, you know, and now the struggle is to get enough training work going on to where everybody gets a piece mm-hmm. of something. We got to talk about that. Yeah. Too. But the, uh, you know, and, but you mentioned how everybody's kind of doing different things. Like, you know, Sam works with another um, training company, Warrior Poet Society, mm-hmm. who John Lovell and I have a, a, a good history together. Other Ranger. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, another Ranger. But, mm-hmm. you know, we know each other through other, you know, things and it's you know that's a different story maybe get me and him on there on here and we'll <laughs> tell that um but um and then so sam's got his own thing and that's what he does for a living this he doesn't have a regular job right. and like i said i jokingly tell people it's like i'm not a re- insurance agent or a real estate agent this is what we do this is what i do for a living i don't get w2s from I, anybody else i've been telling people that my whole yeah. life wait 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 so you yeah. work out no that's not yeah. what I do, but that's, yeah. you can yeah. think that. I do work out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, thanks for noticing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't do it so well anymore, but the yeah. point of that is, is like, no, that's not yeah. what I do. Yeah. You know, but like, like, uh, John Jew, one of my other instructors, he's got his own little training company yeah. that he's trying to get off the ground. And I totally encourage that, you know, so wherever guys are, whether they're in law enforcement or something like that, yeah. then they, they work with me as, as they can, as much as they can, or they have their own training company. And I encourage that, you know, what I hope is that he gets so big that he tells me one day, like, look, I'm just going to, you know, I want to break away and do my own thing. You know, for you'll, you'll 100% have my blessing. And how can we work together to support each other? That's, that's my attitude. He'll, he won't be become my competition. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't see it that way. Um, John Dufresne, I was just, you know, I was just about to ask Duffy's you about one John. of my freaking, you know, 
favorite people in the world. John and I just um, sat across from one another at the dinner table last night, and I hadn't seen him in a year. He was sitting right where you were sitting last time I saw him, and man, what a just a yeah. solid human yeah. being. Yeah, like, I, and I love that guy. Um, we hit it off the the instant we met. You know, we did the Ranger thing, and uh, we're two entirely different generations of Rangers. And it, you know, you would think that you know, oh yeah, we've whole- known each other. We were in yeah. the we were in the Ranger Battalion together, you know. So that's the way we joke. There's an old joke that says you can take the boy out of the battalion, but you can't take the battalion yeah, out of the boy. Gotcha. You know, you know. Sam gets mad when we hang out too much because you can't have Ranger moments like that, anymore. <laughs> um, especially if levels around and yeah. you know there's all these other Rangers and shit. He gets mad, but um, but anyway, um, yeah, that relationship there with you guys, yeah, the, kind of the we, working next yeah, side by side. I mean, yeah, he and I have a saying: the rising tide raises all ships. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no reason why we can't all succeed together and then if somebody needs a, a boost or something like that you know i'm here for you man i mean duffy's come in and help as an assistant instructor for me before um we've done collaborative classes we did a big alumni weekend where you had to be either his or my alumni to come to this thing and it was a blast um now we're both so busy we don't have time for that yeah so uh, let me let know. me speak to that too i mean just from a business perspective i mean all, but going back to the word community mm-hmm. and, and so forth that is so different, right? And it's such a different approach going back to the competition versus, you know, community, yeah. I guess maybe if you want yeah. to look at I'm going to consider what we do defensive and tactical style shooting. Yeah, but it, but the point of this is, is like, let's think about this for a second. Like, I think the training community, just in those people that purchase training and train regularly, mm-hmm. I think it's smaller than most people think that it or believe that it is. Yeah, I think it's of the whole population, right, who claims to train, mm-hmm. or certainly those who own firearms, but that's a whole mm-hmm. other that's a whole other number. Yeah. I think it's much smaller. I think you guys are oh. you're all sharing oh, yeah. the same people. And so any opportunities you can do to show support for one another, bring people together, cross promote businesses, yeah. collaborate. But how so that's smart from a business perspective for a lot of reasons. But I, I'm looking at it from the end user, the consumer piece. How fucking cool is that? Like, I don't show up to the range to listen to an instructor talk shit about the, the other instructor who's across town or yeah. teaches the same things. By the way, it's pistols and carbines. And then there's some fancy equipment that gets involved in here a little bit, which we can talk yeah. about uh, for a little bit. But it's pistols and carbines. It's shooting. It's yeah. getting out to the range. It's hanging out with people. It's improving your skills. It's becoming yeah. more capable. It's all that stuff at the end of the day. So how cool for the for the consumer to be a part of that where like I was at the range today with Don Edwards and John Dufresne, like two legends kind of in the business, right? I know it might sound weird to you, like going back to what <laughs> we were does, saying but before, yeah. but how fun for me. Like I got this and I met this dude and there was these other guys that showed up that I see on their Instagrams and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. That's just smart versus like this fucking guy, you know, kind yeah. of thing. So anyways, I just... I thought it's important to kind of note just because I, not a lot of people, I we're seeing people start to try and do that. But what's weird in some cases was what I'm watching is this is the intention is questionable. Uh, and what I mean by that is, are they doing that because they're both having a little bit of a tough time filling classes and this is their way to do that? Is it a, is this something that they're trying to do to maybe kind of take over a certain region or yeah. a certain thing? And you know, it's I, probably okay for that to be yes a little bit across the board. From a business perspective, you know, I don't I mean, disagree. You know, yeah. I, I'm just saying, how does it come across? Right? Yeah. Because I think that that yeah. 
It's going to show up yeah. at some point if it isn't rooted in what you just said, which is a really strong relationship yeah. where you guys really respect one yeah. another. And, and I'll give you an example. You know, like I brought up Chris Costa and he and I are doing a class together yeah. in October up in Ohio. Is that right? Okay. And uh, um, it's one of those things that like every time we hang out at shot for the past several years, like we need to get together and do something. We need to get together. And finally, I just called him out like, dude, are we going to do something or what? I mean, it's going to be, and he's like, what do you want to do? Cause he's a little bit more serious than me. And you know, you might not realize that, but you know, I'm like, dude, I don't care. It's, it's, it's going to be it, fun as fuck. We'll just make, you know, he, of course it's on his website. So go sign up for it on his website. It says it's the green line and whatever, but it's okay. his three day carving one. He's but, just toasting the, you know, yeah, the but platform. I'm like, um, but I'm like, dude, we could just like make the course description like this. Bring all your guns, bring all your ammo three days with Chris and Don. Period. You know, if you need any more information, yeah, this is not for you. It's probably not you for know? you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, I love it. And, you know, so that that's where I look. At. I was like, dude, you know, it would be it'd be fun. People will come just to watch us. You know, make fun of each other. You know, in our styles and 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 shoot and, some guns and man. shoot guns and and I mean, you know, there's going to be serious training going on, right? Because we we take this seriously, but you got to have fun while you're doing it. And that's another thing I say is like, what I, what I do for a living is too cool not to have fun while we're doing it. And I get up every day and, um, yeah, it's sometimes it's a grind, you know, I've got like, you know, you stressed out, you look at it, some, some of the numbers of the class registration, like, man, I got to get these numbers up a little bit more or whatever. And that's stressful. But when I'm out on the range doing it, hey, not I don't, you know, Sometimes I'm thankful if I only have six people because you know what that means? That just means I got six shooting buddies for the weekend right. and I burn, I get to shoot, yeah. you know? So, um, you know, it's fun. Is it profitable? No, but you know, it's part of I don't the, care because I love, I mean, I do care, but I don't because I love what I'm doing and, and I'm there anyways and I'll do anything I can do not to cancel a class. Um, but, uh, I don't know. That's just the way I was, I was mentored by, you know, certain guys. Actually, actually the late James Yeager was a really close friend of mine hmm. and uh, um, a really good mentor of mine when it comes to stuff like that. And uh, that's one of the things he said. He's like, do whatever you can do to not have to not cancel a class. He's like, I've taught classes at a loss before to just to not cancel it. And, uh, you know, I took that to heart and, uh, you know, yeah, it's it definitely. Yeah, I, what you do is you build. There's integrity in that, but it's also recognizing the value that does exist sometimes, mm -hmm. and sometimes you have to take it on the chin financially to get to to reap yeah. rewards. Or it's like a tuition payment, you know. For the yeah, for the and you know, I mean, on one hand, can't do it too many. On times. one hand, I love doing it, and I and I, you know, I want to be out there with the guys. On the other hand, it's like, yeah, you know, there's a business um, activity breeds activity, and if nobody sees you doing anything, mm -hmm. it's easy to forget about you. There is a business um, at the end of the day that we have to talk about. Let's transition into that a little bit. Let's okay. talk about Greenline. Let's talk about what you're doing. Like, there's a variety of stuff out there, and just to kind of put it out there. A lot of people know you, and this is, you know, I'll be honest, like we brought Sam up a couple of times. One of the things that popped up for me early on was uh, the night vision stuff. Right. I am not in that game. Uh, yet. Not yet, yet. exactly. <laughs> this is the conversation I've been having all weekend with people, right? As it continues to evolve, and it's not because I don't want to be in that game. I just know where my bandwidth is. Uh, there's other things that mm -hmm. I need to be doing right now, uh, but there's a financial, you know, commitment piece to all that. I'm, it's calculated, yeah. but, uh, I am fascinated by it. And you, you know, you, you guys were specifically, you were guys that popped up for me, you know, sort of right away. So there's that, but there's a lot of other things that you do. And there's a lot of different, I mentioned this earlier. The, one of the things that struck me is the variety of people that you're working with. So let's mm -hmm. talk about kind of the, 
the model right now and kind All of right. what's happening and, and uh, what you're doing. Yeah. Well, like, uh, like I said, you know, the, the team that we kind of have is, is uh pretty, I guess you would say multidisciplinary. Mm. Um, that's a good, that's a good word. You know, yeah. I've, you know, you know, I like to brag about um, Eric Vargas cause you know, he's, one of the top sniper dudes in the, in the world. I mean, he was a team leader for the team that just won the international sniper competition. That's so how I justify saying that, but he's also super humble ranger sniper, you know, competitive dude. And, uh, but so not only is he like one of the top long gun, long gunners ever, he's a GM, mm-hmm. you know, he can shoot a pistol better than you too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he could run that PC. He's a GM and PCC, you know, and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, take your pick. He, yeah, take your pick. You know, he just um, is passionate about yeah, the long gun. Yeah, he's focusing more on that because that's what he's doing competitively mm-hmm. these days and stuff like that. But, you know, and I have guys that, you know, maybe pistol is more their thing. So, you know, I'm trying to get things to where I can, I can send them and like, hey, look, then you let's do you more of the, give the people what they stuff. want. Huh? You yeah. low light pistol is what you love to do. Give them what they want. Then, you know, let them do what comes naturally. Mm-hmm. Equip. You know, and that, that's kind of my team building philosophy is, is get the right people for the job and equip them to do what comes naturally Give to them. Give them the autonomy anyways, to right? do it well. Yeah. yeah, to do what they already know how to do or are wired to do. And that's kind of a simple know, premise. I mean, and that's kind of a special forces A team in, you know, in a nutshell. You know, teach them what they need to know to do the job they need to do after you've chosen the right person for the job and then give them what they need to do their job. Trust them to, to do, do, the do job. Exactly. Yeah. Um, How's that working out? I mean, so far, so good. (laughs) I mean, it's a proven model, you know, um, you know, it's how I was brought up and everything. So it seems to be working out pretty good. I've got good guys, you know, um, we're trying to get a lot more things going on. Uh, you know, a lot of them come to us because they're also like, they want to learn more about night vision or they've been a night, uh, they've been to some of our stuff. So, you know, Sam kind of heads up, especially the, the techie side of what we do night vision wise. SME for sure. You're going to have a hard time finding, somebody who knows more about I night vision than, you know, the technical aspects and all that stuff of, of it than Sam. You might find people that know as much, but you're gonna have a time, hard time beating it. Yeah. You know? My, my experience has been a, a little bit with him, like kind of one-on-one and then yeah. just kind of seeing what he's doing publicly, but yeah. I haven't found anybody. Yeah. Yet, so, so he's come up too. with this like 100 question test that we're requiring these guys to be able to pass before we're like, so like you can teach a night fighter. I love it. There's a I standard. Don't, I don't even think I, you know, you could take it as many times as you want, you know, but it's like, this is, these are the things that you should know the answers to if people are asking you questions in class hmm. and it's nerdy shit. I, I don't think I've passed a cold <laughs> Turkey yet, you right. know, um, but I'm grandfathered in cause I wrote the program. So, uh, <laughs> I signed the front of the check. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get it. Um, you can't take but, some liberties uh, there. Yeah. Right. But, uh, but no, so, um, you know, mentoring those guys in those aspects, plus just, being, you know, part of the crew and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm getting down the night vision rabbit hole, but, you know, both Sam and I and, and Eric Butler, who teaches with us, um, we all work together at TNBC. So we've been in the night vision industry space side of things for a long time. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just that, you know, I was a SF dude who used night vision when I was in, um, I've been involved in the night vision industry, the I, development in the of sales, mm-hmm. you know, and in, in the products and the testing of, of products. You know, like, the people I know. Yeah. And I know product, more than sourcing. just, I know more than just the equipment that I was issued when I was in the army, mm-hmm. you know? So, and that's the thing. And I'm not trying to disparage, you know, 
brothers of mine that are, you know, that are teaching stuff like that. But a lot of times, unless you immerse yourself, unless you're really, truly a gun guy, you know about M4s, PEC-15s, and PBS-31s. Look, man, I'm and, not that much of a gun guy. I'm a freedom guy. I just yeah. like guns. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, so um, that's one of the things I think that just, not that other night fighter programs are bad. Mm-hmm. One of the things that sets ours apart is we're very much about the education and the information. And um, we spend a lot of time in the classroom. Um, before we ever go to the range. I mean, hours in the classroom. I'm really glad you brought that up because in the past year, probably and a half now, I've been through several courses where to, that, 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 that should have that classroom time mm-hmm. and didn't have it. And then I've been through, when I say several, let's just say a couple. And then I've been through others where we did spend that classroom time. And, and what I've noticed in that, in that process for me, I love it mm-hmm. because you're just getting it. You're drinking from a fire hose a lot of times, depending on where you're coming into it, but you're getting a sense of what's going on. It might be completely going over your head at times, but at the same time, you're in a space where you can start to pull the information together. You see how other people are dealing with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you go out to the range, like now you're taking it into the practical application, yeah. you see how it works. I'm not trying to process all that information all at the same time. Right. Cold Turkey. And, yeah. And those folks that may be getting a little antsy, you know, ants in their pants while they're in the classroom, they ultimately recognize the same thing. I think I just understand it better because that's, I learn really well that way. Okay. But it's atypical mm-hmm. of how the typical firearms instruction yeah. space has been. And I say really the only one that we spend that kind of time in the classroom is night fighter. It's, yeah. It's very informational. Um, but, you know, I do speak a lot in all my classes you know one of the things that is really important to me is when you leave it's more important that you understand why i showed you how to do something this way Mm -hmm. than it is to be good at it you can go practice being good at it but if you're at the range two weeks after the class and you're like why did he why was this this important to don right you know so i'll go over and over and this is why this makes this is why i think this is the way to do it in the context that we're here for you know, like I said, if you're going to a USPSA match next weekend, this may not be mm-hmm. what's going to win the win the stage for you. Mm-hmm. But if you get, you know, carjacked at, at the gas pump <laughs> on your way home from the range today, this is what I'm this is what I'm preparing you for. And that's why I think this works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is if as soon as somebody shows me a better way and I validate that, then well, I'll I'll. I'll put out something different, but this is what I think. This is why I think this. Um, and if you don't know, cause to me, if you can't articulate that, then you're just probably regurgitating something somebody else said once. Oh, yeah. I think that's super important to, to lay down some groundwork for the wise, right? Mm-hmm. It, because a lot of people come in and they, they're just like, Hey, it's a convenient class. This looks cool. Um, I want to do this. There's not a lot attached to it beyond that. Like, mm-hmm. or, let me say there's no depth to it. Uh, so they can walk away feeling disappointed but what are you disappointed for? Because there wasn't like a developed, like why you were there in the first place. And so yeah. you could be working as hard as you, you want to as an instructor, you know, but if that, that person doesn't understand why they're doing what they're doing mm-hmm. and that, that has to be, they have to take personal responsibility for that. There too. is that. You can't, that. you can't provide that for them. No, I can't right? force them to drink. But right? yeah, exactly. Only Chuck Norris can make a horse. Drink. <laughs> right. But yes, it's the leading them to the, it's the leading them to the trough and compelling them. Mm-hmm. to want to drink the water. Right. Right. Or compelling them to drink it. And yeah. Cause I could easily take the attitude of, well, I already got your money. So. Right. It's just, 
do this. Right. Like, why should I try this? Why should I think differently? Why should I change my mind? Why should I block out whatever that other thing that's been in my head all day since I walked on the range? Um, like, I don't want to walk into that situation that way as a student. Um, and sometimes you, you know, as a, as an instructor, you have to recognize that and kind of go at it Yeah, uh, a little bit. Of and a, you know, sometimes you can't avoid it, you know, totally. stuff happens. Totally. Yeah. So going back, so, sorry. So there's this, yeah. there's, there's several different classes, right? You have several different instructors that are coming at things from different angles, different strengths, obviously, but very, very sp- things that they want to do that they really love. Yeah. Doing. Or they have the background in it, which um, it goes to this, you know, cl- old cliche, which is sharp, iron, sharp, uh, iron sharpens iron thing right. where if you've got a guy over here, again, we brought up Sam a couple times or John as, yeah. a, as an example. Like if you're talking with night vision nerds, yeah. right. And then you get, you come over here to Vargas and he's the long range nerd. Yeah. Well, He's not spending as much time. Well, he might be a grandmaster shooter with all these different, yeah. in all these different classes. He's not spending all that time with with the night vision yeah. and vice versa. So each each helps each other grow yeah. in, in a team environment versus trying to learn it some other way. Yeah. So I think that's super. I think that's super cool. I'm just wondering how it's all working out. Well, I mean, so far so good. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. It, I mean, it, it definitely is. You know, like like I said, the the big. The big thing now is I've got enough instructors. I've got to make sure that I have stuff for them to do yep. and, and whatnot. But no, the it, it definitely is. And uh, and like I said. It's the Eric, chicken or the egg yeah, thing, right? Like yeah. like we, you brought up Vargas. You know, he has other responsibilities, so he's not always available. John, he's retired, right. you know, operations sergeant from, you know, from the military. So he's, you know, he's got a lot of strengths when it comes to the management side of things too. He's running his own business. He's pretty much free. You know, if I need him last minute, you know, something, something, you know, you know, Sam can't make it to help me with a class. Hey, John, what are you you doing this weekend? I could use you down in, you know, down here in this class. He'd be like, I'm on my way, you know, because he's flexible. So, and he's, he, you know, so it it just kind of depends. So I've got, you know, a pretty decent mix of, you know, right now. And I, you know, I say, and I have enough people right now, guys. So, uh, (laughs) but, uh, um, so yeah, yeah, it, it's working out pretty good. Like, like you know, Eric Butler has a, a regular, you know, he's got a big boy job as he as he calls it, you know. But he's it's flexible as long as he, we can plan ahead, um, you know. So you know, we're looking at another guy to come in and maybe do some more snipery stuff along with Eric because you know Eric's got a lot going on. Well, I think it's interesting too because it provides opportunity for people that do have a lot going on but still want to contribute and can contribute. Yeah. Uh, you're giving them an opportunity to do that I'm seeing some other guys out there do that, and and I also I'm also watching them do that. Here's a, this is what I think is really cool. Some of the guys that are doing that for other guys now were trying to do it on their own, and because they had other things going on, mm-hmm. and or because they're maybe not strong business people, or they don't have the t- they have more liability, right? Mm-hmm. Kids, wives, you know, all, all, how, mortgage payments and all that stuff. Yeah. They, they're in a different place. They don't, they, they, they can't necessarily commit, invest and do the things they need to do to get the thing going fast enough. Yeah. And, it, and it takes time, right? To be able to pay the bills. So providing somebody like that an opportunity and so that they can make money, but takes the pressure off of having to do yeah, it. Or just still be their own man. Or just continue to do what they're passionate about. Correct. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. Just they're, just you're giving them a place, a time and a space with that autonomy, right? And trust to do it. So they feel like they're part of something bigger because you've allowed them to be part of it rather than voluntold them to do something or, or yeah, whatever else. I, I mean, that's, I think that's interesting. They're grown ass men that can do whatever they want. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that's interesting to me is I, I mean, like I'm honored by 
the caliber of guys that have approached me to want to, you know, work with me and stuff like that. It's like, you know, just so it's a privilege for you. It it is. It's it's like, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm, you know, it's like, this may not be as, as amazing over here at green line tactile as you think it is like, no bro. You know, it's like, like I said, got Eric Vargas. When I, when I, I, you know, he's, he's really the only guy that I asked. I was like, do you want, and I think I said, do you want, he said, yes. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I was like, yes. I was like, I haven't found much question. He's like, yes. <laughs> like, I've been waiting for you to ask me, you know? And I was like, wow. Well, well, you know? I think that goes you back know? to what we were, to what I was trying to articulate before. And that is just the circle of people and, you know, who those people that you're involved with and, and, uh, the trust and the friendships and, you know, good dudes hang, you typically hang out with other good dudes and, yeah. and those recommendations and that trust. If somebody says, Hey, Don's a good dude. Well, then that's it. You know, like, then we know. <laughs> right. Like, like we know. And when you have people that are, that are that willing to help. And again, we see a lot of bad stuff, you know, happen with, and I think it, it starts with too many bro conversations and not enough professional well, conversations. And there's a lot of ego. And that, there's a lot of, you know, that, that I say, who's the man, I would say a type, but that it's stereotypical alpha you know i think the a type comes with being an alpha but the a type is not really it It is strictly it's an emotional attachment to that ego dude yeah that ego um it gets it fucks up everything and and yeah and it i mean i mean it's i would say that i'm i'm pretty confident yep but i don't think anybody that knows me would ever say that i've got a big ego that's not confident is not egotistical right Um, that's a and that's that goes back to the whole like the, the SF guy thing, I, I think. And, you know, you may have met, you know, interviewed other guys with similar backgrounds. Yeah, to mine. A lot of guys. Yeah. And most dudes that are like, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, D boy guys and stuff like that, but army green beret type of guys are generally that personality. It's like, yeah, we're a type mm-hmm. dudes. Let's go get it done. But that personality profile is usually, but we don't really feel the need to be in the spotlight or, in charge all the time. I think that, and, and that's one of the big personality traits that I know they're selecting. They select for and in for that job. Right. It's like, you need Can to you be, be a team. Guy? You need to be an alpha, but you're not going to be the boss. Right. You need to be on you a know, team. You need to be totally under. Okay. With being told, go do this. Right. And then the idea being like, Hey, it could be like Scott, Don, you know, team starting. Hey, Scott, Don, you guys are going to go. This is what I need you to do. And Scott, you're in charge. And you'd be like, oh, okay. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I don't have to be in charge today. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, you're in charge. If, we, if this doesn't go well, it's on you, you know. And But then we go off there and we kick it in the ass, right? right? Here's your suitcase full of money. Go overthrow the Taliban. Right. You know? <laughs> or yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, that that's like the, <laughs> probably the boil down the job description right. of a Green Beret, you know. <laughs> you know, you got the guys on horseback and, and all that stuff right. that, that literally did that. And, you know, and they had minimal direction right. and you know Let minimal support. Yeah. And, and that's that's you know that's why you got grown-ass men yeah you doing have to those jobs yeah you know it's not a young man's job it's a wise man's job you know that's a that's actually you know i think you don't get to where you're at without that right and and it and you know it's not to bad mouth or say anything poorly about anything it's just that what we're seeing is people growing up mm-hmm. making their mistakes you know mm-hmm. doing their thing and we've got a guy who's done a lot of that. You already said all that. It was an evolution was the word that you used. Mm-hmm. Evolutions don't happen overnight. No. It, you know, it takes time. There's all the stuff that you're doing with, with Greenline now and bringing people in and, and continuing to evolve it. 
you're still hustling. I know that, right? Like what this week is all about. That's exactly why you're here. I think that's a testament to, you know, the, the, the commitment level that you have to all this green light's not going anywhere. Right. Like, well, I'll put it this way. I don't have a backup plan. So, so, <laughs> so that goes back to the, having the other yeah. job, the other thing, like this yeah. is what, this is what Don yeah. does. Right. Yeah. So I, I, you know, and I highly respect that. Like you, you are all in on it. And, so all in that you're, you're bringing other people in to help you with that. And they see that you're all in. And I also believe that's a good, good, yeah. has a good deal to, you know, to do with why there's, why people want to work, probably and work with you. Yeah. Like you're not, you're not, you're not playing business. It's not here. a part-time job for you're me. You're not playing business. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot of people here at this show this weekend that are playing business. Oh, yeah. And, uh, speaking of which, um, I think the, 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 th- you know, at the end of the day, you're taking time out for me. And I know we tried to do this before and it didn't work yeah. out as we mentioned, mentioned earlier. I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate and respect that, that you want to spend time with me today to, <laughs> to chat. See, I would say the same thing. No, you know, no, I was no, like, I, I appreciate you, you know, give me an opportunity to, you know, talk to your people. Yeah. It, no, it's just, Here's the thing, though, like it's it's our people. When you look yeah. going back to that Venn diagram and the communities, the community True. aspect of things. Again, the communities within the communities. Um, anybody that takes time out, particular place like this, because I was just having this conversation with Gabe from mm-hmm. Cobalt, who you know really well. Oh, yeah. Like he's one of my closest friends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, good dudes, yeah. right? <laughs> Another good dudes. But the the point of this is, is this this costs money, right? Like we're mm-hmm. here investing. Yeah. in our business. So the fact that you took out a couple hours for today to invest in me and in this, in this conversation means a ton to me, man. I appreciate well, it. You're welcome. And, and likewise, I appreciate your time. Yeah. I mean, again, when I just go back to kind of what I was saying from the, from the beginning, like when I started in this and the people that I was sort of looking to for direction and, uh, n- not inspiration, but like as a resource, you've, you've been that guy for me for a long, long time. Mm. So this is fun to catch up on the, <laughs> cool, some of the cool. background that I didn't know about, cool. but also the evolution of the business from a, one business guy to another. Fuck dude. Kill it, man. I appreciate that. Keep it up. Well, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the, thanks for the vote of confidence. Sometimes, well, hey, sometimes I'm ch- not sure about that. We don't have a choice, right? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Sometimes are, as they I say, don't know. I burned all the lifeboats a long fucking time ago. Like, oh, yeah. I, may the, may the bridges you burn light your path, <laughs> so, you know? So that said, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to let you get out of here, uh, and get down and get, get back to the right. business at hand of building that business, holding it together and continue to make an influence or make an impact and be awesome, an influencer. Man. Appreciate your brother. Yeah, man. Thanks, Brad. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Iron Sights. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button, leaving a review, and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.